Welcome to Daybreak Devotions, a podcast version of the daily radio ministry of the McLeansville Baptist Church with your host, Pastors Mike Barnett and Corey Cantrell. And welcome back to the Daybreak Devotions brought to you by the McLeansville Baptist Church as we kick off another exciting week and pick up where we left off this past Friday. This is Pastor Corey Cantrell from the McLeansville Baptist Church, soon to be joined by Pastor Mike Barnett. And if you'll remember from last Friday, we had a special guest that literally came in the middle of recording. Our very own Deacon Dean Carmichael joined us for the discussion that we had to end early this past Friday, but we're going to play the second half of that uh, conversation here in just a little bit. Centered around knowing the call of God on your life, how to sense it, how to be assured in it, and what it's going to take in order to be able to, first of all, even hear that call from God. And we left off Friday talking about the importance of not necessarily seeing the call of God only as it relates to, you know, being called to preach, we use that term a lot, or called into the full-time ministry, but that God has a call for every single person. And we know not everybody's a pastor, not everybody's a missionary, not everybody's an evangelist, a Christian school teacher, things like this. But we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God has a call for everyone. And we were just about to get into turning our attention and throughout the course of the discussion onto discerning that call in your life. And we're going to jump right into that here in just a bit. Right before we do, we've got a wonderful song queued up brought to you by the Lamar family. Be Thou My Vision. Thou art 
then do you know the call on your life okay so lay it aside whether it's whether it's in vocational ministry i think that is a good term i like that term and all that phrase yeah. vocational yep. ministry yeah. or whether it is in a vocation that you minister in so yep. like those terms are so it's hard to label those things because i hate to say secular ministry is there any such thing as secular ministry? I know what people mean if they yes, say that. Yes, there is. Because you can be secular in your ministry in oh. vocational ministry. Yes, huh. that's true. So don't be a secular minister. I mean, se- secular ministry is anything where I'm pursuing anything other than the glory of God. Let's just say if you're, not em- if, mm. you're not, if you're not employed full-time in the church or by the church, okay, how do you know your call? And I would say it comes the same way, Mm -hmm. all right? And I think if we outline Paul's call, then we can see some of those elements in how it happens in our own life. So with that being said, we try to encourage the listener to think about the call of God on their life. We are looking at the Apostle Paul here. This is our text as we study through Galatians. So let's break this down. I think there are the five W's that we can look at, the who, what, why, when, and how. (laughs) Good Count grief. those up. Okay, That's let four me say w's it. and an H. This is exactly <laughs> this is exactly what we're going to do. We're going to look at the when of the call. We're going to look at how he was called, and then I've put the what and the why together because it's together. I think in the text, and then we'll look at the where his call was to. Okay. Now I just want to say, a call of God on our life will have all of those elements to it. Now to again to the listener, let's back up and review a moment. So we have highlighted that to know God's call and follow God's call in your life will require surrender, desire, clarity. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to put the sandwich, you surrender again to that clarity when it comes. And I think we could also say that as you follow that call of God on your life, as you highlighted earlier, sometimes we, we will somewhat cycle through that again, although the initial call of God on our life is kind of always there, right? Mm-hmm. What is that initial call? That initial call is the surrender. I give myself to you, Lord. I am 100% yours. Both of you expressed it. I expressed it. That call will always be on your life. But how that call is fulfilled will change through the course of your years. Now, let's, let's look at Paul. Coming back to verse 15. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. So there is definitively a win to this. There is a time and there is a, a place that God is going to make this call clear in your life. But how encouraging is this? This call started with Paul pre-birth. I mean, that's an amazing thing. Now, I want you to stop and think about your own life as the listener, as us sitting here. God's call on your life, even if you're still trying to figure it out, God put that call on your life before you were even conceived in your mother's womb. That's a fantastic thought. Everything, I forget whether it was a message, code podcast, mid-morning manna, sometime a a couple years back, you made a... Backpacking trip. Yeah. You made a statement sometime about how 
everything that has taken place in our life up to this point was to get us to this point. You cannot separate your past from where you are in the present. And God uses and redeems everything that has taken place in your life to where you are now. So rather than looking at where you're at now and being filled with regret and, oh, why did I do this, that, and the other? No, all of that God used to get you to the point of surrender that you are at right now. So when you look at it that way, we can all understand God has been at work in my life ever since before day one. Everything in my life was to get me to the point to where I am ready to hear from him clearly and give myself completely to him. That is grace. Jeremiah 1.5, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nation. Does God do that for everybody? Yes. Maybe not to be a prophet to the nations, But God has a plan for your life that he has ordained from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And if you will answer that call and say, Lord, here am I, send me, like, you know, Isaiah, then then that's going to be fulfilled in your life. And God's going to bring you. That's going to be a glorious thing. You remember, we were sitting, all three of us were there. We were sitting around a campfire couple years ago up at Grayson Highlands, mm-hmm. and both of my sons were there, and the co- we were talking about God's call on our life then. Mm-hmm. And it, the question came up, well, I've wanted to serve in the military. I've wanted to be in law enforcement, but I've just held back on that because, you know, I, I want to see what God's calling me to do. And we had the opportunity to help help open up that the hearts of those younger men to yes. like, hey, look, God doesn't just call people into men, like church things. God calls us into all kind of fields. The call to serve in the in in a service industry like like uh, you know medical field or or military or law enforcement these are these are great ministries. In fact, the Bible calls them that. And so, just just having that understanding that God had a plan for your life, just throw yourself at His feet and say, "Lord, I'm here. Show me the path." I think it was there too that the the question was brought up, which has kind of helped to shape my thinking, even in discussions with my children and even in my own life. All right, if I've got this desire in my heart, then my immediate question has to be, God, can I glorify your name in this desire? Can I, is this desire inside of me, is there a way that I can execute this desire and glorify you in it? If the answer to that question is yes, then move forward with it. Pursue it. Go after it. If the answer to that question is no, I'm going to receive the glory or my family or my job, somebody else is going to receive the glory, then that's a keynote marker that, okay, that's probably a desire from the fallen heart. But if, if, if there is something that burns on the inside of us that says, yes, I, I can glorify God in how I serve others as a, as a law enforcement officer. I can, I can bring the hope of the goodness of God there. Or as a teacher at a school or as a truck driver, there is a way that I can bring God into that and I'm going to be yielded to that. Then pursue that desire. And if God wants to, he'll remove that desire and give you something else. Dean, in your, in your, uh, in your, um, in your secret identity role out there in, in the world, I'm trying to think of what that phrase is. Vocation? Nah, there's some when when Batman's Bruce alter, Wayne alter ego in your oh, alter ego out yeah. there in society. Careful, careful. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you work as a. I mean, I know we've talked about this before in other platforms, but you serve as a. What's the official title? The official title competent is competent person. No, it is a <laughs> environmental health and safety manager. 
And did you ever see yourself doing that? I never got interviewed for it. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. And it was, uh, it was one of those things where when I look back, I could see the hand of God all in it. It's never something I woke up one day saying, yeah, I want to do this. Mm-hmm. Versus the opportunity presented itself, the door was open. And I, I'm not going to lie to you. What I referenced earlier, I was not thinking about that, but that was part of the struggle. Because I remember when my my boss at the time and his boss were both ready to invest in me and offered me to shadow somebody who was currently in the position, who was kind of on their way out. And I remember struggling with that because I was like, well, you know, I, I thought I was called to do something else. I thought, you know, I'd be pastor in a church by now, or I thought I'd be full-time in the ministry. And I did. I struggled with that. Whereas I learned that what God wanted was just me. God just wanted me to totally surrender to him and just trust him. And I've learned, I've learned a wealth of, of things about just ministering and handling people and learning how to, to help others and to really not just think of preaching as a ministry as I'm just going to preach to a bunch of people and then go on. I've now learned that there's individuals and the individual people need to be talked to and you have to live in the moment and things like that. It's just yes. kind of hard to explain, but it's, it's being involved in people's lives and yes. ministering, ministering to the human heart it happens everywhere. If, yeah. if we're following the call of God now, how does it happen? How, how does Paul get called? He says, he said he did it. He called me by his grace. He called me by his grace. Now, what I want to, the point I want to make on that, and there's a lot we could say, but the point I want to make on that is that Paul had such confidence in his call because he knew it was by the grace of God. You know, he says in 1 Corinthians 15, 10, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. And I see in that Paul understands that the power to do his calling, the authority to do his calling, and the endurance to do his calling, and and just the, the diligence and the go-for-itness that Paul had all comes because that call was by God's grace. Mm-hmm. God endows, God pours that grace on our life to do what he's called us to do. So when I, when I got the million-dollar, where do you see yourself in five years question, I think it was, I don't know, last year, the year before, and my my answer was, well, you know, right here. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm perfectly content. Now, of course, it is well known that I am a minister, and if I were to be called to a church or something, that'd be the only reason for me to, to go anywhere. Well, we keep intercepting those letters when they come. Yeah, yeah, I know, but it is what it is. They're, they're, they're in high demand these days. But We get a lot of calls. Anybody know anybody? Nope, we nope. ain't got nobody. No idea. As, <laughs> as you see a Toyota Camry pull up with no hubcap. Iron Man. But uh, but yeah, that was that that was something that has helped me in my job. And to the person listening to this, there are so many people who are out there, and they just want to get ahead. And I have peers like this from you know my counterparts, if you will, and I've I've met people in other other roles, just people in passing, and they're on they're all they want to do is get to the top, and they they they're my age, and they've worked eight or nine jobs in the last seven years. I mean, they're just going from one place and they're just climbing that ladder. And a lot of them, unfortunately, they don't have good relationships with people. It's a very shallow, basic, 
just cliche relationship because all they care about is getting more money and getting to the top. Whereas when you surrender totally to God and you're happy where you are, that's you're content with what you got. And you you really are able to minister and be a witness and people get to know you. Per- you're more vulnerable that way because there's no need to impress anybody. You're not trying to get to the top. You're happy right where you are. I think that's the that's one of the more important things of totally surrendering whatever the job is. Yeah, and that's the grace of God in our life that helps us to have that spirit, that attitude. That's why Paul could endure, and he's going to have to for years to come in this call on his life. I think the next thing that, that we see here, and it applies to all of us, is the what and the why. Now, I put those together because here's the way the text reads in verse 16. So he called me. He did it by his grace. What, what and why? To reveal his son in me that I might preach him. So Paul says there's a, you know, we could put the, the term purpose. There's a purpose to my calling. What was I called to and why was I given this calling? It was I was called to have God's Son revealed in me so that I would go and preach him. And here's the thing Paul also shows us in that is, is reminding us to stay on target. Paul's calling was to, to know Jesus. Remember Philippians 3, that I might know him. That's all Paul wanted. And, and, and 1 Corinthians 2, verse 1 and 2, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And Paul said, this is, this is what I was called to do. This is why God gave me this calling. I'm to know Jesus and then proclaim Jesus. Now, not to take away from Paul's specific calling as an apostle here, right, and a church planning missionary, but how does that not fit every one of our lives? Mm-hmm. To know Jesus and then to make him known. Mm. So that's the purpose of our calling. So whatever it is, whether it is working in a factory or in a restaurant as a waitress or a cook or as a truck driver or all these things we've mentioned, our purpose, the purpose of our calling is to get to know Jesus and make him known to the people that God has put in our, our path. What encouragement to just think like that? Yeah, Stay on target. You might be working at Target. Well, if you're working at Target, stay on Target. Get to know Jesus and make him known. Just a clever little thing I thought I'd say. I, I just thought of Star Wars. That's what I was thinking of. Stay, stay on, on Target. target. Oh. Just a few more seconds. <laughs> Almost there. And then what does Han Solo say? yoo He does it better. He does it way better. Let's blow this thing and get home, kid. Yeah. You're Come all on, clear, you're kid. All clear, Let's kid. blow yeah, this thing it. and go home. I have you now. What? <laughs> oh, boy. We get easily sidetracked from our calling. No, not from our calling, just from the this Just the from program. the recording. Yeah. Which we anyway. are called to record. <laughs> so so we've got the win. We know God does call us. There'll be There's a place and a time. We didn't get too specific about that, but I think God makes it clear. That's the point. God's the caller. He makes it clear. How does he do it? It's by his grace, and, and it's in his grace that which is sufficient that you will be what he wants you to be. By the grace of God, I am what I am. What and why? God calls us so that his son might reveal, be revealed in us so that we might make his son known. And the final piece that Paul offers us here about the call of God on our life is the where. Now, to that, and we've been talking about this the whole time, but there's a specific place, and that's what I mean. So at the end of this, he says, To reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the heathen. That's a very specific thing Paul mentions. Mm-hmm. And he, he clarifies this. 
in the scriptures when he says in 2 Corinthians 10, 16, to preach the gospel in the regions beyond you and not to boast in another man's line of things made ready to our hand. Romans 15, 20. Yea, so have I strived to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another man's foundation. Paul knew the where. He knew not only am I called to this, not only am I called to get to know Jesus and make him known, but I am called to go specifically to the regions beyond where Jesus has never been preached before, which is why he's here with these people. Now, one thing that tells me about our call that we have to be willing to accept is we got to be ready to get out of our comfort zone. Correct. Mm -hmm. How many people get the call, but the call never takes them anywhere? Yeah. Yeah. You and I, all three of us, and listeners too, we, we know, and I, man, I don't want to throw stones here, but we've got to name some stuff. Let's see if we can rattle the cage a little bit, stir up the nest. There are people that got the call, and they're sitting on church pews, as we say, really doing nothing but waiting. See, the difference between that and a, and a Dean Carmichael, as you testified, you're, you're working a full-time job at a, at a, at a, uh, a factory, factory. Yeah. And, and yet God called you into the ministry, and you found contentment and grace working there, and look what you're doing. You're busy in the ministry. You're sitting here helping us minister to the listeners today. Right. We don't have to sit by and wait. Get out of the comfort zone. Where's God calling you? What's he calling you to do? Go do it. Get after it. Now, now, in the trusting the process, right? Yes. So coming back full yes. circle, <laughs> Paul says, immediately, you know, I conferred not with flesh and blood, but I went to the desert to be alone with God and right. learn something. And we, we talked about that in previous broadcast before you were with us but just that don't get in a hurry well how how long was paul from his his total surrender till he actually went out in on the missionary the mission? work? 13 About 20 years no we're, we're at, we, we think rounding it up to 20 is oh, not wow. out of question okay because three, three in arabia 14, 14 okay before he goes back to jerusalem and, and timothy was what in his 30s yeah yeah do not you know let no man despise thy youth <laughs> thank you Right. Well, coming from 30. a sixty-year-old, they'll be like, <laughs> yeah. "Hey, young man, yeah. whippersnapper." And and I think that's we sh- man, we could bog down here and and really flesh this out, and there will be a lot of help and good there because, again, whether it's call into the proverbial full-time Christian service or whatever whatever category the call falls into, there is such a fine line between waiting and contentment, or or Maybe the better word would be laziness and contentment. Yeah, that's a good clarification. Um, Because we should wait, and we wait contently on the moving of the Lord. Waiting is an active word in the Bible. So when you think of wait in the Bible, think of a waiter, a server. I'm busy fulfilling the last order until I get the next one. Correct. And, And I think as we operate in life and look for our where... We can't get so focused on finding the where of tomorrow that we overlooked and neglect the where of today. Which is the develop, ongoing development. Yes. So I'm hungry. I'm looking. Okay, Lord, I want to be yielded to you five years from now. I don't know where you're going to have me five years from now, but I want to be yielded to you then. But in order for me to be yielded to you five years from now, I'm going to have to be yielded to you today, right now. So Wherever you lead me today, I'm going to stay where I'm at until you bring that clarity that, okay, it's time to pick up and it's time to move to a new location. But until I get those orders, I'm right here. And I, I think of like the children of Israel in the wilderness. They followed that cloud or the pillar of fire. And when it stopped, 
they planted. And then when it moved, they moved again. We would be wise to stop thinking that I've got to have 10 years from now figured out when we're still trying to figure out today. There's a there's a secular term called paying your dues. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something we need to get away from. And the reason I say that is because it's almost like saying, don't worry, buddy, you'll get there. You'll have, you'll, you'll have that church, but you got to pay your dues first. You know, you got to shadow so-and-so for a few years, then you got to go do this, then you got to go do that. Pick up his dry cleaning, drive him to those Correct. meetings. And if you're not careful, you just go through the motions, and we have a lot of people who paid the dues, and when they finally get put in that position where literally they are dealing with people's eternity and ministering to hearts, they have no business being there. Because in the last 15 years, they have not truly waited as in serving. They've just done what they thought they needed to do to get to the top. Mm -hmm. Well, as we wrap up this discussion, I think that the parting advice that that I could best offer would be to borrow from David. I was just thinking as you guys were talking Psalm 37, and this is what I would say to those that are in that place of, man, I've surrendered my life to God and I just want to do what God's called me to do. I'm not sure what it all looks like yet, but, man, I'm here and I'm ready. I just want God to show me. Psalm 37, trust, verse 3 through 8, Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger, forsake wrath, fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. And I think contained within those five, six verses is all the guidance we need when we're just walking the path, we've surrendered, We've got desire. We're seeking the clarity for where God's leading us. We just stay right in that path right there. Trust the Lord and do good. Delight in the Lord. Make him find and receive joy out of him. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Be still and be at peace. Stay in the presence of the Lord and release the anger and hope in the Lord. And I think what I, just to clarify what I mean by that is sometimes we get so distraught by why isn't this working out? Just let it go. Let it go. Wait on God. He's going to fulfill it. And that, that allows you to, to be like what Paul was at the end of chapter number one. For they which heard only that he which persecuted us in time past now preaches the faith which once he destroyed, and they glorified God in me. What you just read out of Psalm 37 enables us to live a life in such a way that people see God in us right now, where we're at right here. And God's name is glorified in the way that we are choosing to live the life that he has given. Well, thanks for coming in. Thanks for coming in, Dean, Oh, and being it, with us. Thank you for letting me crash your party. <laughs> Literally. All right. We'll see you all next time. And we thank you for joining us on today's program. We hope that you'll tune in with us each and every day right here on Daybreak Devotions. Pastor Mike and I will discuss various topics in God's Word. If you've got any questions, comments, we would love to hear from you at daybreakdevotion at gmail.com.